0: Hey there, I hope you've all been well. Uh, It has been some time uh, since my last episode and by some time, I mean almost a year. So there's probably something you should know about me personally when it comes to this podcast. I am not the type of person that just talks just to talk. I have to be very, very inspired About the topic that I talk about. So, having said that, um, if you are looking for a podcast that does weekly episodes, this probably isn't the podcast for you. (laughs) Or if you're looking for something that is professionally edited and produced, again, this isn't going to be the podcast for you. But um, if you're looking for the occasional, conversation and um, episodes that uh, I share my uh, opinions on, then definitely stick around and uh, we'll have some upcoming things for you. When I decided that I wanted to become a women's mentor, I knew that I was going to focus specifically on female sexuality. I knew that very, very early on. It was something That I had personally uh, been self studying for about seven or eight years before I decided to take my mentorship program and the mentorship program uh, I thought would be beneficial so that I could learn how to be a good mentor. For other women. And so I decided to take a holistic women's wellness mentorship program. And within that program, there were several different modules and the ones of most interest to uh, the work that I do was breast care, womb care, and uh, the transition to menopause. I knew that I wanted to mentor women about 35 and above uh within their sexuality because it's an area that uh I'm not too far removed from <laughs> myself and I felt that I could be most beneficial in uh sharing my knowledge and wisdom with ladies of that uh age range so after I finished my program I decided well I best get on social media to promote myself and my offerings And when I got on social media, it was like a whole new world (laughs) had opened up in the way that um, there was just various pathways and practices that people were teaching. And my biggest um, critique, I guess, is always the embodiment portion of those things but that's going to be a topic for another another podcast but um I did get on there and because of the work that I do the algorithm uh brings things into my awareness on my for you page and so like I was saying I get a lot of uh things come through in various uh teachings and pathways and products and Um, practices uh, as it relates to female sexuality and actually male sexuality as well. But, uh, but the stuff that uh, I do pay attention to mostly has to do with, uh, with female sexuality. So my job as a mentor is um, specifically to inform and to provide resources as well as support women in their decisions. I am all about self-determination uh, when it comes to female sexuality. Uh, the reason for that is that um, women's sexuality has been tightly, tightly controlled for thousands of years. So my approach, unlike some coaches and mentors I've seen out there, is not to ever tell a woman uh, what to do or what not to do as it relates to her sexuality. I just support um, any decision that she's going to make, but ensuring in doing my job that I provide information so that she can make an informed decision. So this um, topic for today uh, is going to be about yoni eggs. So I should probably start with saying that this isn't going to be a pro yoni egg podcast episode, but I still did want to share my thoughts on the practice and yoni eggs themselves as from what I can gather, it's a pretty popular uh, practice uh, from what I can gather from online and something that uh, many women are curious about. And as a mentor, I am a huge, huge advocate of education. And what this looks like for me personally is that I research and research and research some more uh, before I give my opinion or talk about any sort of certain uh, topic. And uh that might be through like reading extensively or attending classes hosted by uh, practitioners that I think are experts in their field. They're often body workers or holistic uh, pelvic specialists or pelvic PTs. And I'm just really and really grateful that uh, we have the opportunity to learn from people that have a lot of uh, hands-on expertise and that they are more than willing to share that wisdom with the rest of us. So one of the most common things you'll hear said about the proponents of the yoni egg practice is its ability to strengthen the pelvic diaphragm, which is also known as the pelvic floor. I just prefer to use the term diaphragm because uh, that is what it actually is. So from taking my classes with pelvic health as experts, they... Estimate that about seventy-five percent of the women that come to see them for hands-on work that they're actually experiencing and presenting with uh, pelvic diaphragms that are hypertonic, and hypertonicity is um, basically too much tension in the pelvic diaphragm, which affects the functioning of the muscles tissue and fascia in that area and so rather than focus on strengthening strengthening it is that women should actually be focusing on um, releasing relaxing and opening up the area why would you want to address hypertonicity so hypertonicity is caused by a restriction and constriction of blood and lymph flow, um, muscular tension, and uh, the compression of the nerves within that area. And so it manifests in a multitude of ways, whether it be uh, pain or heaviness, stagnation, and even numbness. And it not only affects the external genitals, but it also um, have an impact on any of the internal pelvic organs so things such as your bladder or your intestines, um, your uterus as well as your rectum and it can cause like uh, less than optimal functioning but also outright dysfunction in that area. So a practice I'd actually encourage women to check out is Vulva and vaginal mapping and massage. It's a practice that I personally do and have had success with, but it's not something I personally teach. So uh, I would highly, highly recommend checking out uh, a woman by the name of Carly Ray. She hosts a um, a class called Nectar, which goes over and teaches the the practice itself, as well as so much more that you'll learn about pelvic anatomy. And uh, it's really, really just a great resource for women that are curious and learning more um, about how to support their own uh, pelvic health. And uh, she is a body worker and has at least uh, 16 years of experience doing intervaginal uh, work for women. And though she's taken a step back from her hands on and hands in work, uh, she has been dedicating some time to educating other women. So definitely uh, check out her page. Uh, And if you're you're not quite ready for a uh, class just yet and are looking for uh, some reading to do, I would also recommend uh, seeing if you can get your hands on the book Wild Feminine by Tammy Kent. So Tammy Kent is considered a pioneer of the holistic uh, pelvic care movement. And uh, so she'll describe the uh, mapping of the vagina in her book. But she also touches on um, not only the physical, but also the uh, energetic and emotional uh, things that we should be aware of as it relates to our pelvic wellness. Circling back around to the strength uh, component, there's something I uh, forgot to mention earlier um, is if you already have um, an imbalance in the tension in your pelvic diaphragm, which is not going to be easy to diagnose yourself. So I would actually encourage a woman to book an appointment to actually get this assessed by a professional as I think we probably all should just so that we know where our baseline is on that. But as regards to um, the focusing on strength, if you already have An imbalance in the tension in the areas of your pelvic diaphragm, uh, by focusing on strength training, you are going to actually be reinforcing that imbalance. So that's obviously counterproductive to what you're actually wanting to do. Moving on, the second thing I wanted to talk about uh, is the materials used in the manufacture of yoni eggs, uh, specifically rose quartz, so rose quartz in is one of the more popular materials, and the concern about it specifically is the level of porosity uh, as well as the durability so um any crystal um, despite whatever it is uh, is going to have a level of porosity it's just the nature of them they're natural materials. Uh, So the concern related to that is whether or not you're going to be able to effectively clean uh, any sort of bacteria and germs. uh, And whether despite your best efforts through boiling or surface cleaning that there may be some uh, residual uh, bacteria or germs being uh, withheld in the egg itself. Uh, Secondly, like I said, is the durability of it. So It's not known to be one of the more durable uh, crystals and I've actually seen pictures of um, yoni eggs and wands that have actually shattered. So just be aware that there could be the potential for that. As well, um, I actually took a class uh, hosted by a uh, holistic pelvic specialist in conjunction with a business that uh, focuses on selling um, pleasure and wellness wands for women. And the business itself actually did a lot of research uh, in the materials that they utilize um, for their product. And they actually visited the fact that manufacture these type of things like yoni eggs and wands, and they actually opted not to use uh, rose quartz in their line. And the reasons for this is um, that there's the potential um, of the manufacturing facility to um, use toxic glue to increase the stability of the rose quartz as they're forming it into the shapes of either the egg or the wands because as we stated before it's not the most durable crystal and so it can be a little unstable when they're actually trying to shape it so in order to increase that they will add dip it in toxic glue to stabilize it so that's eye opening i think uh and uh as well as um if the color is not quite what they want and they want to enhance the color um it can also ha- contain artificial dyes uh and thirdly uh within the polishing process itself they uh, will sometimes uh use uh wax to get that high sheen on there. And why all these things uh, should be um, concerning is that our vaginas are mucous membranes, and are very absorptive. So we really, really need to be paying attention um, to what's potentially within the products we're using, whether it be our menstrual products, any sort of sexual or pleasure uh, aids, as well as uh, any sort of wellness product that we're using. The last thing I want to talk about is that many of the women uh, that teach this practice talk about its ability to heal trauma. And I'm really really curious as to how that's possible. I myself have experienced significant trauma within my life and live in a traumatized physiology daily. And I can unequivocally say that uh, that the yoni egg would not be my go-to modality to help heal my own trauma, but that's, that's just me. Uh, I never really see anybody having the conversation uh, with any specificity as to what type of trauma it's healing. And the conversation is really nuanced. Are we talking about uh, physical trauma? Are we talking about sexual trauma? Are we talking about birth trauma or medical trauma, any of these traumas could affect your pelvic health and the expression of your sexuality. But I never really see a conversation being had uh, about uh, what it is actually trying to heal trauma wise. And uh, further to that, what is it specific about the yoni egg um, that helps facilitate healing of trauma? Um, I can understand that breath work helps. uh, Mindfulness helps, uh, somatic awareness helps. Uh, but what is it about the yoni egg itself that's helping facilitate the healing? And I honestly I would love some more insight into that. And I don't expect any any uh, of these teachers to like tell me everything that's going on in uh, their class. But I think it would be helpful for uh, women to uh, have a better understanding of what is actually helping facilitate the healing in that regard, so that they can make an educated decision. Uh, and then lastly, uh, if you're stating that your practice um facilitates healing of trauma. I wonder how many of the women are actually um, trained to be able to hold space or have the qualifications to hold space for a woman that could potentially be in an active trauma response, or uh, a retraumatization from the practice. And I in my mind, I don't think it's enough just to know the terminology uh, related to trauma. Uh, or to have experienced trauma yourself uh, that does not uh, qualify a person to hold space for anyone else's trauma. And I honestly think that, um, that it's a best practice to actually pursue uh, training specific to uh, holding space for people uh, in healing their trauma and become trauma-informed in that manner because you really could be doing more harm than good. So that's all I had for this episode. And thanks for joining me until next time.